1: Up next, a car crash baffles
2: investigators. At first it was like a sad, you know, tragic accident. No
1: one can determine exactly what killed the victim. It wasn't something that was a normal death. Detectives and doctors try to find a cause.
3: There were no internal injuries.
4: It's not an accident. It's not medical. What else can it be?
1: On a frigid afternoon in February of 2005, police in Highland Heights near Cleveland, Ohio, got an unusual call. A woman was behind the wheel of a car that was drifting along in a residential neighborhood, moving slowly but still
4: out of control. She's driving through a school zone. Witnesses advised us that she slumped over the wheel. The car drifted, left to center sideswiped the other vehicle then drifted back into her lanes. It was traveling so slowly that one of the witnesses was able to open the door and actually stop the car physically. The driver,
1: who appeared to be in her 30s, was semi-conscious and having trouble breathing.
4: When the paramedics arrived, they were confused because there were no physical injuries on her body. There was no outward appearance or cause, obvious cause of why she was in this state.
1: The driver had an open cell phone beside her and had apparently been trying to call for help. She was rushed to the emergency room, where she died a short time later. The victim was identified as Rosie Issa, the 38-year-old mother of two young
2: children. Whoa, who's this? She was married to an emergency room doctor who worked down in Akron. His name was Yazid Issa. Everybody that I talked to said, classically sweet, kind, giving mom, all the things that we think would be the salt of the earth. Great person. Her husband Yazid, whom everyone
1: called Yaz, told his fellow doctors and police that Rosie had no serious medical issues, certainly nothing that would cause her
4: death. He couldn't offer any information as to why she died.
1: And an autopsy offered no answers as to what had happened.
3: She did not have any natural disease either that would cause her death.
1: A subsequent toxicology scan also provided no clues about what killed her. Doctors and police were baffled. Rosie had no injuries, no diseases. She wasn't using drugs and there was no sign of her encountering any toxic substances, even accidentally. Yet she was dead from a fender bender that wasn't fast enough to cause any serious injuries.
2: It became, in my tenure as a reporter, one of the strangest cases I've ever seen in terms of what looked on the, from all appearances, that a tragic death of a woman, a mother, two small kids, High profile couple, doctor, husband, and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness.
1: Police and doctors wanted answers and fast. Rosie's initial toxicology scan showed no illicit drugs in her
3: system. There was nothing obvious at this stage of the autopsy to say why she died. So the cause of death was deferred pending further examination.
1: A second, more extensive test also came
5: up empty. There's always testing that can be performed, almost limitless, but the sample is limited. The coroner informed the police department that they had exhausted all of their testing possibilities. That meant investigators had to narrow it down to
1: one or two possibilities before they could do another test. This stalled the investigation until detectives discovered a phone call Rosie made just before her death. A phone call that told analysts what to test for.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros
1: Just before the low-speed crash that sent Rosie Isa to the hospital, she made a phone call to a friend on her cell phone.
2: She was on the cell phone with one of her buddies, Ava McGregor, and she mentioned to Ava, I feel like crap because uh, I took this calcium pill. God, I feel like just, ugh. Before her death, Rosie was preparing
1: for a bright future. She and her husband, Yazid, were planning to have
5: another baby. Yazid, a doctor, was giving her supplements. There were three or four different prenatal vitamins that he was supplying to her, one of which was uh, calcium supplements. As far as detectives and doctors
1: knew, taking the calcium and prenatal medications were the only changes from Rosie's normal routine. Was it possible these supplements could have caused her death? Her husband said that was impossible.
4: According to Yaz, her death was a mystery medically to him as it was to everyone else. When I asked Yazid about the calcium supplements and the prenatal vitamins, did you think they would have any cause for her death? And he said, no, calcium won't hurt you.
1: But what if it wasn't calcium Rosie had taken? Could this be a case of product tempering? The idea wasn't far-fetched. Something similar had happened before in Chicago in 1982.
4: Our top story, authorities in Chicago have officially confirmed the death of a seventh victim from Tylenol capsules laced with deadly cyanide.
1: This was one of the first cases of its kind anywhere in the world. Someone, to this day there's been no arrest, laced over-the-counter Tylenol with cyanide.
4: They also report finding, for the first time, contaminated capsules in an unsold bottle of Tylenol removed from a store shelf at a major suburban shopping center.
1: It came to be known as the Tylenol Murders, and it forever changed the way over-the-counter medicines and even some food products are sold. If this was a repeat of the Tylenol Murders, if Rosie's calcium pills had been tampered with, there was a very real possibility that the public at large
6: could be in danger. So you have to continue on and make a further investigation. Keep in mind, this is not homicide, but unexplained death. You have to include all possibilities. Meanwhile, police were getting some
1: interesting information that might offer another explanation for what happened to Rosie. It turned out that the Issa marriage was not quite as happy as it seemed.
4: Yazid Issa had several extramarital affairs since he and Rosie had been married. As a matter of fact, the extramarital activity never stopped once they were married.
6: These are signals that the representation or the outward appearance of this loving, happy marriage were starting to be questioned significantly.
1: The key evidence appeared to be Rosie's calcium pills. And no one knew where they were, or even whether they'd been
2: destroyed. The detective then says, well, let's go get those pills. Calls Yaz and says, doctor, uh, we would like to go get those pills. He goes, absolutely, no problem. So they rush to the house, and the calcium pills are still there. They hadn't been flushed down the toilet, the bottle was still there. They bag and tag them, send them down to be analyzed.
1: But that analysis took a few days. And in the meantime, something happened that took an unexplained death in Cleveland and launched it into an international investigation.
2: It got even stranger. I mean, I just kept going, how does this get any weirder? And it did. It was extraordinary.
1: the key to the unexplained death of Rosie Issa seemed to lie in the calcium pills she'd taken just a short time before she died. Rosie's husband, Dr. Yazid Issa, known as Yaz, freely provided those pills to the police. The pills were sent to Dr. Douglas Rohde, a forensic toxicologist. Immediately, he saw something amiss.
5: Nine pills in the bottle didn't look like the others. The nine that looked different had a crystalline appearance to them, and the remaining capsules that were in that bottle looked powdery and had some pink tinge to them. Both sets of pills were subjected
1: to a process called Fourier Transform Infrared Spectroscopy,
5: or FTIR. The FTIR test is a test that will allow me to look at the molecular structure of a molecule using infrared radiation, and the bonds of the molecule will vibrate, releasing an energy, and that energy pattern is what I use to identify what the substance is.
1: The amount of energy a substance can absorb is unique to that substance, and the resulting vibrations can be measured by a spectrometer. That's then checked against a library of known substances. Most of the pills in Rosie's
5: bottle were calcium, but the nine that looked different were not. The vibrational pattern of the unknown crystalline material matched the vibrational pattern of cyanide. To make
1: absolutely sure, analysts turn to a confirmatory test.
5: It's called the Prussian blue test
1: and for a very good reason.
5: The active ingredient in the Prussian blue test is ferric ferrocyanide, which will react rapidly with the cyanide molecule to elicit a blue color. Which is exactly what happened. I was shocked to see that this was cyanide, and I was alone in the lab and exclaimed to myself, wow.
4: I have my smoking
5: gun.
1: As these tests were being conducted, investigators and Rosie's family got some stunning news.
6: Dr. Issa apparently uh, decided that he was going to leave the country. If you have seen Dr. Yazid Issa and know his location,
2: tonight authorities would like you to call. Where is Yazid? Wow. And from there, it really went crazy.
1: Dr. Issa had money and family connections in the Middle East. Investigators brought in the vast resources of the FBI to help track him down.
3: You can't let people get away with killing their wives and mothers of their children and just go to another country and think they're safe.
1: The FBI soon located Dr. Issa in Beirut, Lebanon, a place that offered a layer of protection for a man on the run.
3: The problem with Lebanon was that there was no solid extradition treaty where an individual could be returned from Lebanon to the United
2: States. I thought, well, then he may have committed the perfect crime in that we can't get him and there's no way to go over and pull him back. So this story is almost over then. I I mean, how horrible. Dr. Issa
1: insisted that he didn't kill his wife and also insisted that fleeing the country was no admission of guilt. He said that I only left
2: because I could not get a fair trial here.
1: In Beirut, Dr. Issa was being watched by FBI agents and local informants. And he certainly didn't seem to be a grieving widower who missed his children.
2: He was the playboy of Beirut because he had plenty of money. His brother had a very successful business that he was partners with. He was having a great old time.
1: In fact... To the dismay of some of those who were helping him hide, Dr. Issa was open about what he'd done.
4: He would brag to the neighborhood people that he had killed his wife and that we were looking for him in the United States. He created an email account, fugitive at hotmail.com, and it kind of sums it up. And when I found
2: that, I went, who does that? Who is so brazen that you say, yeah, I don't mind if you know that I'm a fugitive. I'm proud of it, and I'll laugh at it.
1: If Dr. Issa was so confident that he'd brag about murdering his wife, he might let his guard down just long enough to make a mistake, which was exactly what the FBI was counting on.
3: You know, Dr. Issa, you know, he was a smart guy, but I think he thought he was smarter than than everybody else.
1: As Dr. Yazid Issa was living the high life in Beirut, U.S. and international law enforcement were watching
6: and waiting. Through the use of informants in the Middle East, and also with law enforcement partners outside of the United States, uh, that we were able to learn that Dr. Issa would be making his way to Cyprus.
3: Him going to Cyprus was a bad decision. I think he thought he could get away with it.
1: Unlike Lebanon, Cyprus has an extradition treaty with the United States. Cypriot police, who'd been working with the FBI and knew what flight he was on, were waiting at the airport and took him into custody.
3: He had some indication that he was going to travel under a false passport. When he got to Cyprus, his appearance had changed quite a bit.
1: Even with a false name and a false passport, Dr. Issa soon found there are some things... You just can't disguise.
3: You can change your appearance all you want, but we were able to get fingerprints for Dr. Issa.
1: The FBI had Dr. Issa's fingerprints because of his work as a doctor, and his prints matched the prints of the man who just landed in Cyprus, the man who claimed he was not Yazid Issa. After 17 months on the run, Dr. Issa was finally behind bars. His lawyers tried to fight extradition, but after two years, he was finally back in Cleveland, in cuffs.
4: Finally, we have this guy who did this heinous crime, and we can make him answer for what he's done.
1: But that was far from a foregone conclusion.
6: It has all the elements of a Hollywood movie. Deadly cyanide, the doctor who had access to it, and the doctor's dead wife. He fled the country. The question is, did he actually commit murder? The whole thing about the cases is that it was it was circumstantial. So we had to uh, put the case together in a fashion that would be understandable for a jury. And
1: they had to convince those jurors that someone who appeared to be an upstanding family man would be cold-blooded enough to hand his wife a fatal dose of poison as she walked out the door. In February of 2010, Yazid Issa went before a jury and his own family.
6: I think the turning point was when we had called Dr. Issa's brother to the witness stand.
5: Mr. Issa, if you would come forward and raise your right hand for me, please. Dr. Issa
1: and his brother, Firas, had been in extensive contact while Dr. Issa was in jail. On the stand, Firas Issa was caught lying about conversations he'd had with his brother, conversations that were recorded and played for the jury. Facing a perjury
2: charge, Firas Issa changed his story. The prosecutor comes back up and goes, so let me ask you again, were you cooperating with your brother to hide this crime? Yes. Did you know that he killed Rosie? Yes. How did you know that? He told me. What did he tell you that he did? He
3: said that he put the cyanide in the capsules.
6: When you found out that information, what did you say to your brother? told me he was a And why did you
3: say that? Because he took Rosie's life, and I loved her. He just ruined his whole family.
2: The jury, I looked over at them, and they were just shocked. His own brother said, that person killed Rosie. The case was over right there.
1: Prosecutors say Dr. Issa simply wanted out of his marriage, but he didn't want to lose money or custody of his children because of a divorce. So he hatched a plan to give his wife calcium pills laced with cyanide, and he gave one of these to Rosie right before she got in the car. If the plan had worked, she would have died while driving and would likely have been part of a crash violent enough to explain her death. But the pills took effect before she had picked up enough speed for a high-speed crash, so there was no serious trauma to her body and no explanation for her death. Until doctors and detectives uncovered the cyanide-laced calcium capsules and the only person with the means, the motive, and the opportunity to lace those capsules with poison.
2: I still, to this day, can never understand why he didn't get rid of the evidence. To be that brazen is bizarre, but it was part of the facts of this case.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I understand that you have reached a verdict in this case, is that correct? Yes. We, the jury in this case, being duly impaneled and sworn, do find the defendant Yazid Issa guilty of oh. murder.
1: In March of 2010, Dr. Yazid Issa was sentenced to life in prison with no parole for at least 20 years. Rosie's family has custody of her children and are grateful she and forensic science were able to expose her killer.
2: To me, Rosie solved her own murder. It was pure serendipity that she was on the phone with her friend. But by her saying, Yaz wanted me to take these calcium pills. I feel like crap. You know, her girlfriend is going, well, geez. uh," And so that conversation, pure chance, helped solve the case. Without that phone call, she dies. We never find out what happened.